This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm at one of those moments where we're recording and my family have decided just to stand outside my door. Such is life. That is very much the way, I guess. Still not getting all those big bucks in yet, are you, Rich? Not quite, not quite, I'm afraid. What's the matter with you, Joe? Um, I, I would argue it's more Memphis Brooks' fault, but, you know, tough start to the season is what I think you're alluding to is what you're actually alluding to. You are a mortal enemy of Cone, or Cone is a mortal enemy of you. Nothing but trouble this year. Yeah, we're, we're struggling to get along at the moment, me and Cone. Uh, not the only thing. Um, but yeah, um, the the issue is it's not great for a press conference because when they're using the sports hall, we have to go into a changing room where there isn't Wi-Fi. So, so it's, you know, it's quite a difficult situation for me to be in. I do apologise to everyone who, who does try and follow live. I, I appreciate that, but there's, there's not a ton I can do about that situation, to be honest. I forgive you and I hope anyone that does follow the blogs do too because they're very useful especially note-taking for this and the other thing is train me joe train me to make predictions like you can make predictions what is going on here arsenal under 21s we don't know who they are we don't know what sort of team they feel we don't know what sort of team swindon field joe acklam comes in with 
2-2 Arsenal win on penalties. How? I honestly can't tell you. I don't think I've ever predicted things like this in my life. Uh, if my gambling addiction was ever to kick in, it would probably have to be about now. Um, I, I almost put in a caveat there um, of if certain players played, because I looked at the Arsenal and 21 side a few days before that just to see what their team might look like. But um, the the player, Brooks Norton Cuffey, I thought might play, um, didn't play. I was like, oh no, I could be in for it here because it's just a bunch of kids. But they, I mean, they, they certainly deserved even more than they got. But I, I don't know that there's much I can pass on other than I'm just on an unbelievable hot streak right now. From my side of things, I was in, well, I called you names. Um, I sent you some expletives where, when it was all coming through. Because although I probably backed the wrong horse, I predicted 5 3. And that game. Really, I mean, five three would have been a modest result for, for that <laughs> for, for that evening evening's entertainment. Would you not? Would you not agree? Yeah, I think if Arsenal win that five three, they're still probably coming out a bit disappointed with their finishing, with the way that was going. <laughs> the various rickets from different people named Ward in particular. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty mad. I, I have no idea how Swindon managed to get to penalties in a situation where it must have been at least. The three cleared off the line, I think, twice from Minter, once from Kinsella. Uh, they've skied one over the town end from about five yards out, unopposed. It was a pretty impressive effort from an Arsenal side who, I mean, I, much like others, I didn't really know who many of their players were going in. Quickly learned afterwards that uh, there was a Mexican international that came on towards the end. Um, yeah, I mean, they were, they were quite a good team and uh, probably a lot of players who were out of Swindon's reach in terms of getting loan players. A Mexican international who was blatantly on the, he can represent two or three other teams, so let's get them locked in early, just in case. Uh, I described the first half as one of the worst performances I've ever seen Swindon play, which might be a little bit hyperbolic. And, and I said it not in like a, this is a disgrace race oh, I'm never going to the county ground again it was just in terms of you know players have jobs to do this is what they need to do and it not going to plan it was it was very scruffy yeah I, I think you're completely right in terms of the actual quality of what was going on aside from a few wakeling runs and a bit of industriousness from Uakwe I think it was pretty much across the board no one would have been even remotely pleased with themselves I said on the live blog at half time that had that been a league game that had gone that way, I think everyone would have been able to hear Michael Flynn's team talk from from the stands because <laughs> there would have been a lot of yelling involved. I could imagine it was quite impressive. The level of incompetence probably feels a bit it feels a bit harsh, but there was there was a lot of people who just couldn't just couldn't get their touch to go right for them in that first half in particular. No, I think that's a very fair way of putting it. But I mean, it's progress from last year because I think we lost all three, didn't we? So, you know, that one point helps make me believe that the road to Wembley is on. Yeah, bring bring on Reading. We're ready for that one already, I think. Yes, bring on Reading indeed. OK, um, we'll move on from that. Um, any other bits before we talk about Crawley? Of course, there are. there has been a statement in the last 24 hours relating to shareholdings in the club by trust stfc so i'll just read that out now it's not very long following the events of last week we'd like to provide a short update earlier today 
That's the 24th of August, the first of what we believe will be a number of discussions took place with the club in relation to the confirmation statement and the shareholdings in the club. A list of questions based on membership feedback was provided to the club, which they have agreed to review and respond to in detail. It has been agreed that a joint meeting will then be held between the club and representatives of the trust and official supporters club board which will be followed with an update to all supporters we share supporters concerns over the ownership of the club and whilst it wouldn't be appropriate to provide a running commentary we will provide updates as often as we are able through this process well don't you worry trust stfc running commentary is what we do so we're not gonna let this disappear we're not going to go into huge detail in this pod. We'll, we'll dedicate pods to this. I, I think from my side of things, Joe, to keep it as light as possible, the fact that the trust are taking this seriously really helps me feel that we're on the right, right tracks to talk about it because I've spent a lot of time in the last week reading and listening to supporters and a lot are saying he's being open and transparent He's made a mistake. He's told us all in a statement, move on, trust it. He's the best. I'm not going along with that yet. So we continue to ask questions. And I think it was Kieran Maguire um, in his podcast, uh, The Price of Football, who referred to it as fan sleuthing. This is not taking much. You know, we, we're clicking a few things on websites and finding information. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not looking for things that aren't there. And I spent a little bit of time just going through official articles that the club have released and the amount from the last year or so that can be construed as misleading or outright lie is quite damning. And we'll get to that at another stage, but never a dull, is there? Never a dull. No, I think that's that's always the way with Swindon. And I think um, on your point, I don't think the, the skills you've actually had to put in would get you too close to a PI job. <laughs> um, it's it's not taking an awful lot to to put a few pieces together. Uh, the trust statement generally, I think, it's short but fairly positive that they are taking it seriously because um, you know there's there's been a little bit of a light touch going on recently, and it's good to see that they're they're trying to get some stuff done and hopefully the the, cl- the club try and explain some things which definitely need explaining. Let's just see what happens from their side of the conversations because the, the club do need to explain themselves and you know nothing screams openness and transparency than having to be presented with questions and then coming back with answers at a later date yeah I've got to be in my bonnet on this I'm I'm not going to let it go away Um, I I have trust issues when it comes to Swindon Town FC and we'll see what happens next Joe absolutely anyone without trust issues has got probably bigger problems to be honest with the way Swindon Town gets run (laughs) the first question that was asked by Andrew Hawes was in relation to injuries and you ask a question about injuries in the Joe zone so let's go straight into it now. Um, it was obviously got a full squad other than the two longer term injuries. Uh, could we have a bit of a more detailed update on where particularly Tom Clayton is because I think he was and eight ten weeks was it when he first did the injury? Yeah um, whatever I said it was eight to ten. It's probably a week less. This is um, seven to nine. I can't remember the exact time I said it to you. What? Was it ten days ago? A week ago? 
Like I said, he's he's improving well. He's getting a lot stronger in the gym, which is key. I think it's key for him in, in his position. And he's out there now, he's he's hammering the bike. He's doing a lot of a lot of C B work off off feet, if you know what I mean. Um and yeah, he's getting some crucial work in in the gym because um he, I think he needed a build a bulk up a little bit. And it's Reese Devine still the very long term. Yeah, Reese is very long term. You know, he's in now. He's he's just come in today, so it's a long road for Reese. So much like Buster Rhymes in nineteen ninety eight, Joe, you were saying, Okay, Tom Clayton's out, Reese Devine is out, but give me some more. I wanna know how long for and Oh dear, it's not good, is it? No, it doesn't sound like good news because, to be honest, the time frame I provided in that question was actually from the first time uh, we heard about Tom Clayton's injury, not from a week ago. So the fact he's not moving forward isn't brilliant. I did actually see him at the Candragan without crutches, which I think is the first time I've seen him without them for a little while um, on Tuesday. So I think that's at some level of positivity. It sounds like he's going, he's he's doing his best, but. It's it's a somewhat concerning that this this injury is really dragging on. I was six, I was hoping the update might be oh yeah he's you know, a few weeks he's you know maybe a month away now, but it's still sounding like it's the medium long term for him. And uh, no surprise on the Reese Divine update there. But aside from those two, it's it's good news I suppose because everyone else is completely fit, uh, including Hepburn Murphy. That was followed up with just to make sure that he was included in that. Um, and yeah, uh, Hepburn Murphy should be available. I don't know how much um, time he'll get. I'd be very surprised if Jake Young was taken out of the team um, for, for Hepburn Murphy coming straight back from injury. But it, it's positive news on everyone who, who's coming back. As We also saw Tyree Shade on Tuesday as well, so he could have some level of involvement. Yes, Shade still looked like he, he needed a little bit more time, but it's good to see him back. Hepburn Murphy, it was funny when uh, Michael Flynn was just like, yeah, he's fit. Doesn't mean I'm starting him, though. Uh, just just in case those uh, rogues at Crawley are listening. Yeah, he's, um, as I think I said last time, it does sound like he's received some intel that people have been listening to what he says in these press conferences quite acutely to learn about the team news. So he's he's being a slightly more guarded on that. And uh, keeping Scott Lindsay on his toes somewhat in terms of uh, the usage of Hepburn Murphy, but I would I think everyone he also said later on that he's not afraid to change a winning team. So I guess I guess that's another sort of uh, attempt at a smokescreen of you know you don't know what I'm going to do, Scott. I promise. <laughs> but, um, it would be a big surprise if Jake Young, off the back of two goals, two assists, gets dropped. Yeah, yeah. I, you absolutely keep Young in that side at the moment, and you baby steps for Hepburn Murphy to ensure that injury doesn't emerge uh, once again. Well, since his major injury came back, he'd had a very strong six months in terms of not being injured. But I think, as always, with some of his, with that history of being out for as long as he was, you, you do want to keep it as as light as possible for as long as possible. Because, I mean, he's not in dire need in the Swindon team right now, which possibly might have been the case when he got that injury in the first place. But um, you want you want to keep make sure that he's fit for the long term once again. Oh, okay then. So the next part of questioning was in relation to left wing back and the selection headache that he has. Now he has uh, Brooklyn Genesini, Tariq Uwakwe, and Ben Ward 
waiting in the wings. And um, at the moment, I think it's Genesini's to lose, isn't it? Um, I, I would say in terms of fitness, it probably is Genesini. What I saw in the Arsenal game, I would say that it's probably Tariq Iwakwe's to lose, to be honest, because he looked significantly better than the other three on that night. Uh, I, I think he's still probably a little bit um, behind on where he is fitness-wise. Michael Flynn said he's had a strong 10 days in terms of getting himself fit and getting closer to the level he needed to be at. But yeah, Giannisini seems like he's he's in the strongest position in terms of his legs. He's done a reasonable job so far. I think um, his long-term position will almost certainly be back up, but he definitely seems like the most likely player to be playing in that position because Ben Ward's had a couple of tough outings already and it, it was admitted that he's he's not really a left wing back. He is more of an outside centre-back. Mm, yeah, we, we were quite tough on Ben Ward in midweek. I think from my perspective, it's it's based on every performance I've seen of him this year. It just, I don't feel comfortable when he's, when he, when the ball's around him, but he's young. These are his first EFL based appearances. It's going to be a baptism of fire for him. Yeah, you're definitely hoping he improves. I thought off the bench at Forest Green in the latter stages, he did okay, but I would certainly agree that you know, crew, he really struggled with the back spasm, um, presumably playing a role, and he really struggled on Tuesday night against Arsenal, um, even more so than Sonny Hart and Harrison Minturn, which is when he should, in theory, be slightly more senior, certainly than Sonny Hart, then that is somewhat of a worry. But, you know, he, he's still, he's 19, so he's he's not an awful lot older than those two. He does need to step up, because if you're using a loan slot on someone like that, you need them to be able to contribute so far he's he's not done a brilliant job of that but the hope is that he can try and put uh try and put some games together and and develop and by you know further into the season hopefully he will be a, a proper member of this squad still very early days and joe what on earth did Tariq Uwakwe do over the summer because he had a largely injury-free season with crew playing almost every game for them. I think he only missed two or three. Um, he must have had a cracking summer. Yeah, he's, he's been living at large in Mykonos, you, you'd have to imagine. Uh, everyone else who comes in off the summer, uh, Yudoka Godwin-Malife spoke about it, a couple others. I think Brooklyn Genesini spoke about it. You know, they have their coach and they're doing what they can to keep as fit as they can be. But it doesn't, just based on the start of this season, it doesn't feel like Tariq Uakwe's had quite as stringent a schedule in that regard. Because uh, he, he came in late on, so he's never going to be match fit already. But it is definitely taking him a while to get anywhere even close to that, really, by the sounds of things. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate. OK, we'll move on uh, from left wing back and move to centre half. Because I think Andrew Hawes worded this absolutely perfectly, where he was saying that the general consensus amongst the fan base and pretty much everyone that watches Swindon Town, I would say that... He's used the exact height of six foot four centre half, and then Michael Flynn ran with that exact height, but it doesn't have to be six four. But that that notion of a big, experienced centre half would would go a long way to improve Swindon Town. But Michael Flynn was having none of it. I'm not buying into that. He says, "Yeah, I can confirm." Andrew Horse is very pleased with the way this question panned out because obviously Michael Flynn not the most verbose about transfers over the summer so far, but he was. Definitely happy to poke back at this one. He uh, cited, I think, at least four of the Wrexham goals and said that they weren't down to the lack of having a six foot four centre half. 
Because football is simple as that, isn't it? That is, that is, that is football down to a team. Well, goal one wasn't because we had a six. We didn't have a six foot four. Goal two wasn't because we had a six foot four. But it's more to there's more to it than just the Wrexham game. Yeah, uh, the def- there's and also you know nothing in football happens in a in a vacuum. So those situations come about for various different reasons and your inability to defend certain situations. I'm not sure Flynn necessarily wants to go into the the longest of answers on that topic. <laughs> the mistakes were mistakes and they've got to be eradicated because they are costing us, he also said. Yeah, he's 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 been very clear on that, but specifically on the centre-half. And I do kind of agree that the way with what he's saying, I would very much like a very tall centre-half, but he definitely, he's been of the opinion that they can't, you know, it can't just be a 6-4 clogger type player. They do have to be someone who can fit in the rest of what Swindon are doing. And if a player like that is available, he would go and get them. He said he'd already tried to get one um, and was was unable to come to terms with that person. I don't know if there's been a, a fair few names chucked around this summer. I can't remember all of them. I don't know if that would be Edwards or not. Um, and, and the various players that Swindon have been linked with of that kind of ilk. Um, but it, they, he was very clear that person, they, he would like a tall defender, but that person would also need to be comfortable in possession and able to play the rest of the the you know, parts of the game that Swindon are playing because it is quite a strenuous type of defending that Swindon are trying to go around. And they, that cent- central centre-back at large times will be isolated in themselves. So he definitely, he, he's set com- confident that he'll be able to get stuff done by the end of the window. I think reading between the lines, he would quite like that player, but he needs it to be that player who has got the other things that he needs them to be able to do. They can't just be a sort of, you know, he, he can't be working with with any old tall defender. <laughs> you get the sense that football is an industry where if you're six foot four, that adds another fifty grand onto onto the onto the the price or an, a, another couple of grand onto the wages, doesn't it? It, it? it does seem to be discussed in that way. Yeah, definitely, definitely, people are. It is, but. I mean, in fairness, it's an advantage being being tall. As a, as a short man, I'm I'm very aware that it's an advantage um, to have, having that height because, as everyone in the fan base keeps saying, we need that player. So, and I'm sure the players themselves know that as well, and their agents certainly. So, they're uh, they use they're using that to their advantage, and by sounds are also pretty consistently using Wrexham to their advantage because this is well pretty sure at least the second time this topic has come up unprompted that um that a player Swindon were interested in at least one of them has had some sort of interest from Wrexham as well and that has completely changed their ability to bring that player in in terms of the wage they're asking for and their interest even in coming to Swindon so um there's there's an interesting behind the scenes uh there of of what player Michael Flynn wanted, who has had their head turned by Wrexham. Mm, yeah, but it it did really help his argument as we move towards the transfer market because he said the reality, he pretty much said the reality is we'll get two or three signings in at best. He said, is it budget related? No, he cited location. He cited other clubs, but then he went and talked about Wrexham and well, people joining Wrexham isn't about location 
or <laughs> it's about budget. It's about money. And therefore budget does come into it because we can't compete with Wrexham who haven't, you know, flexed their muscles because they can't do what they did in the National League. But um, they've cleared some wages up through Ben Foster's retirement. But you can't say it's not budget related and then say, well, when Wrexham comes in, you know, we're, we're, we're blown out of the water because therefore it is budget related and there are clubs in League 2 that can also compete in terms of wages not in terms of maybe what Rick Wrexham's net worth are with their owners but you know there's some pretty wealthy clubs in this division yeah we've definitely seen a couple of other clubs signing eye-catching players Nick Powell Jason McGoldrick and the likes of so you know as you say it's not about budget but the teams with a bigger budget get the players that we want so you know it's 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 definitely one of those two things. And I want to believe it's not budget, but of course it is. Just that's how this works now, isn't it? It's, the people, I've seen fans go, people have families and nobody leaves their home base anymore. They, It's whether they want to be away from their partners and children for five days or whatever a, a week. You know, we've, we've had plenty of footballers based in the north, based in London, based all over the shop that that join Swindon because they're paying them wages and they will do what needs to be done to maintain their professional football career. They are part of the 1%. They are not going to be turning down offers because they don't want to uh, necessarily do the commute. If they've got an option elsewhere, of course they'll, they'll go down that road. But if it's money, They'll move. They'll do what needs to be done. It just doesn't mean that they're bringing everyone with them. That doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah, there are a select few who um, who won't move for family reasons, but those players are all going to be players with have had strong roots in a certain place in a large family kind of situation. Now, Owen Doyle was living in in Liverpool and playing for Swindon, so it's 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 not about that really. You know, they they might not want to move, but they, if that's their option that's on the table, they're taking it and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not something that we concern ourselves with as fans because historically we just don't know either way, do we? But we used to have loads of London-based players, and Swindon isn't based in like isn't geographically Truro. It's it's quite a good location. Our catchment is very very good. Yeah, I mean, I think we still probably do have quite a lot of London players on the books. It's it's quite good location-wise, as much as um, has been made out otherwise at various points of summer. I think there are probably just a couple of breakup stock answer texts that Flynn has received at various points. I'm like, oh no, it's not you, it's the geography. Uh, I, I don't want to move down to Swindon. He's, he's, there's been possibly excuses used to Flynn's face a few times this summer when that wasn't the case, really. Yeah, I don't I don't want to promote this for people like Steve and Jonah, uh, the kit men, but maybe we've got to do what Forest Green do. They They train... In Chippenham, maybe we have to uh, move to near to Oxfordshire or something to to try and lure people in. I mean, I'd be perfectly happy as to chain in Chippenham, to be honest. <laughs> Moving from Beversbrook might suit me. <laughs> Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time, I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch 
you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. Okay, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Well, let's talk about Crawley Town this weekend. Is it a grudge match? I don't know. Um, Not for me, it's not. But Scott Lindsay has had a brilliant start to the season. They are hotly tipped to get relegated. And, well, they've they've not shown that form. Um, they, They won their opening game of the season against Bradford City. They drew away at Salford, which I think will prove to be a very good result. Then they beat MK Dons at home, but they did lose their last game at home to Ginningham. So this is only their second away fixture of the season. We know that there are familiar faces that we might be welcoming back. I I don't think Dion Conroy has been playing this season so far. I haven't checked, but Ronan Darcy certainly has, and I don't know if Gladwin has, but one Anthony Grant has been... On the bench, I believe. So loads of uh, mild applauses due uh, on the county ground this weekend. What, what, it, it's, it is kind of strange what this what this fixture has become since Scott Lindsay and Jamie Day and now Steve Hale have rocked up at Crawley Town. I know there's been a lot of talk about it, but I personally think that Scott Lindsay is the sort of man that will be absolutely desperate to win this game. And of course, Kellen Gordon is on the staff. He used to be at Swindon too. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, I I think you kind of get that impression from Scott Lindsay. He's, we mentioned it a few times, I believe, last season. There's a, there's a bit of thin skin around him. Uh, he knows what people say about him. He definitely keeps receipts. Um, he's already done it this season when he talked about... Um, Ryan Whelan's lot as having predicted them to get relegated during a press conference. Oh, he doesn't go on social media, Joe. He doesn't. He made a. <laughs> he, de- he definitely doesn't go on social media. But um, if he doesn't, then his media person's working overtime telling him everything that's been said on social media. He's only on social media to try and get off of social media, which I think is pretty relatable for all of us. We all, we're all definitely there, I think, in in different ways. But yeah, he 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 would absolutely love to win, Swin- beat Swindon. He. He's, everyone will remember the Alex Ferguson comments from when he arrived at Crawley. He definitely, you know, he's he was disappointed with the way Swindon fans didn't take to him. I think that was very clear. Um, and I think his his ability to show them that they might have been wrong would be would mean a lot to him. And, you know, they've played a bit of a murderer's row so far in League Two. Sides expected to be at the top of the division. Only 100% Gillingham have been able to beat them so far. So... I, I think they come here in, in very good fettle to, to actually get a result against us. They've had quite a turnover in staff this summer. And what's been particularly impressive about their start is many of the players that they have signed have come in from non-league and players like um, Lolos 
low loss from Oxford City have started really well. They've brought in uh, Joy McKenna from St. Albans City. They've brought in Adam Campbell, who used to be at Newcastle United early in his career from Gateshead. You know, that, that shows where they're at. Um, but they did strengthen with league experience with uh, Danilo Orsi from Grimsby. Liam Kelly, formerly of Swindon Town's trialist. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to sign. He's, he's joined from Rochdale and Roman Darcy from one Swindon town. That was the most Scott Lindsay signing of the lot, wasn't it, Ronan Darcy? We all knew he was on his way. We we, we thought Ellis might um, go with him, but it, it, it turned out to be Ronan all along. Yeah, that Ronan Darcy was his baby, really. It was it was never Ellis. Um, I mean, I do remember Scott Lindsay early on last season talking pretty highly about Ronan Darcy. So when that actually happened, it didn't surprise me one bit um that he wanted to get him there um he also then got subbed at half time on his debut so go figure how he's playing so far mm, yeah apparently he was at the arsenal under 21s game i was i think dan sent a message saying ronan darcy is here so you know they've, they've they're budgeting on on scouts also i don't think they would have learned much from arsenal under 21s but i believe ronan was on site on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, Scott, I think Saeed Khan alluded to the fact that he still lives in Swindon, um, going to our point about people not moving. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know if they asked him to go along, and that's a that's a, that's a data thing. Though, if, you, if the players have watched them, they'll be fine, but he'll have a great <laughs> handle on what our reserve team looks like. Yeah, yes. Always the question is, uh, is what did Michael Flynn have to say? And he was full of praise for Scott Lindsay. Yeah, definitely. He as you will have heard in my my question as well, obviously um, he's not one to look at the preseason tables and what people are thinking going into a campaign. But he's been very impressed with the way that Crawley have started. He uh, said that their rotations have been very strong, which is always something that Scott Lindsay liked to talk about trying to get um, going. So he'll be very pleased to know that someone else has seen how his rotations are, are playing out. Um, he's he's he feels like they're playing with a good degree of freedom, which I think comes from the knowledge that there weren't really many expectations going around Crawley coming into the season. So they've, they've started incredibly well. And he's he's overall very impressed with either way. They've managed to get, as you mentioned, the slightly less fancy players they brought in going straight from the off. Yeah. And this brings us nicely to the second question you asked. So let's go back to the Joe zone. Yeah. Then on Crawley, I think they were pretty much in a, you know, actually the favourites of relegation this season. They've started very well as it's turned out. Do you feel like that kind of siege mentality that comes from you know, there being no real backing for that team? I think it's got Lindsay talked about. That. I don't get involved in that because if you if you if you're one of the if you listen to the bookies or the computerised predictions, then we might as well all pack up and just say, right, that's the end of the season. What's the point? Um, there's a big human nature involved that you know it can um, put both of those myths. Um, to bed really you know Crawley have started well but it doesn't mean they're not going to get relegated like I said it's early doors it doesn't mean they're not going to get promoted Um, but yeah it's I I don't look look at any odds or any predictors before the season like I said it's it's a waste of time Thank you, Michael. Cheers. And I think this is a really fair point I think when everybody is saying that you're going down that does add a little bit more fire Ultimately, it comes down to ability. It comes down to what what happens. But 
it's a division where only two teams go down. You have to be exceptionally bad or have a huge points deduction to go down. I don't think you get relegated from League Two, unluckily. Um, you can drop in right at the last moment, but to, to be in the conversation, you have to be absolutely woeful. So that does add a little bit of a siege mentality. You do feel like the nobody likes us, we don't care, and you do want to prove a point. And they did that on the opening day by being one of the perennial favourites for the division and then get a pretty decent draw at Salford. Absolutely. Um, I, I think for good reason, everyone thought Crawley were going down. It really seemed like it was the end of days there with the way their ownership was going. But it, they do appear to have utilised it very well. As, as we've said, Scott Lindsay is, is a man who likes to use the no one believes in us mantra about himself and clearly his team. And that he's got them going straight from the off. They still have a couple of remnants of their transfer spurges last summer. Um, so Michael Flynn talks about Dom Telford and um, how he was and uh, their time together at Newport a little bit and the, the way that, uh, interestingly, another player who struggled to get fit um, after being signed by Michael Flynn um, but, um, and the way that he kicked off and he's, he's a player who was immediately highlighted as being a big danger in the penalty box. So, you know, there, there's still some quality there. Players like Dion Conroy and Ben Gladwin, we all know, are very strong if they can be on the pitch. Um, so that there is quality in, in the Crawley team, but it definitely felt like they, they were struggling. And Scott Lindsay has, has made a great start because I think no one would have been at all surprised if they got here and were still on zero points. 100% agree. And Scott Lindsay deserves a lot of credit for that. But it is still very early days and you can still drop like a stone if it if it starts going against you. And hopefully that loss at home to Gillingham is the start of that. How, how, or how have the Swindon players reacted? One thing that I've been really reassured post Wrexham, which was a crazy game, a hugely entertaining, and I stand by it. It's the sort of things that you want to see every now and again when you go to a game. You, you go, you know, we see our two ones, our one nils, our two nils. They're they're ten a penny, but every now and again you do sit down and go, God, you know, I really hope for some chaos today, and we got that uh, at Wrexham. But everything I've heard from Michael Flynn has suggested to me that he hated that completely and utterly because they were. Th- drop points ultimately and we gave away soft goals and he hasn't been caught in by the uh the, the sort of thrill that we have as fans about these sort of bat poo crazy results and he'll be looking to not see any repeats of the sort of free scoring games that we've been seeing across the division recently and it wouldn't surprise me if this is going to be a really low scoring affair but what did he say about the squad post Wrexham and how they've reacted to this? Yeah, this this was an interesting one because after Arsenal, he was asked about it and said that the team kind of weren't over it by that point. Uh, it was still pretty raw and they were they were factoring through it. But you kind of saw that his his tone hardened a bit in in when he was talking about it today. He's very much as, as you mentioned, thinking of the this isn't happening again type type of mindset and stamping out those mistakes which have happened all too frequently to start this season. Um, to to blemish what would otherwise have been very positive a uh, couple of games of Swindon. So he's he's he says that the players have now got out their system and they are, you know, in, they've been very receptive to what they've been trying to do all week to try and um, uh, fix the problems they had. There was only one of them was involved in any way against uh, Arsenal under twenty one. So they've they've all had a proper week of training to to get ready for Crawley for the first time this season, and they've. 
and it, it does feel like that that resolve might have come from this game from the way that both Flynn and Saidu Khan spoke about it. So let's talk about Saidu Khan then, because he was our guest for this press conference. And just on the sort of Gambia experiences, is still in contention to make AFCON, I believe, this this um, January. Is that kind of a big motivator, trying to play as well as you can in Swindon, so you can be potentially a part of that? Yeah, yeah. Because when I last got called up, there was two games to go. And now this one and this one game, we just need a, a draw or a win to qualify for Afcon. So I want to be part of that, and for me to be part of that, I've got to perform at Swindon. So it's a motivation for me. And obviously, looking at Swindon as well, we want to get promoted. So it's double motivation if I can get promoted here and be part of a squad that's in the Afcon. That's a big achievement for me this season. Like we always like to discuss, we like to talk about international duty. It used to be such a novelty and now we seem to have players going left, right and centre. And I saw a recent uh, post on social media from one Romeo Hutton that seemed to suggest that he's trying to get into the Jamaica setup. So we might get more international. Um, how many do we need to get games postponed? Oh, I don't need that. Um, so... He went to Gambia to represent them um, in the summer. He didn't get a game, uh, but it was a good experience for him. Yeah, I believe it's free internationals, but uh, with Saidu Khan, we might have two consecutive Afcons with a Swindon player in it, which would be could be quite fun if Gambia can get over the line in their final uh, qualifier. Indeed. But yeah, he, he he seemed incredibly proud speaking about it. I know the BBC spoke to him uh, closer to the time of him going to off would play with the Gambia, but. You know, he he spoke with you know he'd kind of dreamt his whole life about playing international football for for his country and he said it it felt exactly like he dreamt it which uh, is interesting if his dream didn't involve him getting on the pitch but that that's Saidu's business um, and he he was you know he talk, spoke about feeling that expectation of the country when you're playing and it just being different playing international football he, he definitely seemed to really relish relish that situation and you know hopefully pushing forward to keep himself in that squad and and get to an African Cup of Nations yeah um one thing for a man that's that's been at the club for over a year now he's never seen a 5-5 before welcome to Swindon Saidu yeah he's, he didn't watch Swindon 5 Sheffield United 5 I won't I won't hold that against him but uh it did twig but he's he said he'd never never been involved in one before uh he, interesting, his first go-to for a high-scoring game was a, a youth team match where he lost 7-1, um, which which is interesting. I, I don't know what side Saidu Khan was playing at a youth level, but I played in a game where we won 26-0, and that would have been would have been my go-to for that situation. But he's, um, he's, he's, he's never been involved in anything like it, watching or playing. So it was, um, it was kind of crazy, but he was definitely... Um, Definitely think about the ways in which he had to improve to to get over that kind of performance because you know it, it's a lot of fun for us as, as we've mentioned, but uh, from a playing perspective, uh, being four one up and managing to not win that game is is quite a different circumstance. Yeah, we've definitely talked about this on on the pod at some point, but I'm still bitter about the fact that I played in a game where the team I was playing for won twenty plus nil, and I was subbed at halftime having scored a brace and I was a centre-back. I'm, I'm still not over the fact that I was denied what would have been an inevitable hat-trick. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Sackable offence for your manager there, Rich. Got to say. Yeah, nice guy. Pullen gets subbed off because he doesn't kick up a stink, but internally, I was livid. What Pick the bones from this conversation with Saidu Khan for me, Joe. What were the other key parts? Because I believe uh, there's been a falling out between him and Darcy, but it's only for about 48 hours. Yeah, that was, it, was, it was quite nice learning about his, his strong friendship with Ryan and Darcy that they seem to have. He, he mentioned, as I said, that he, he's still around Swindon, so he still sees him. He said they usually talk pretty much all the time, but that, that stopped about a week ago, I think, as, as they um, have, like I said, mutual pact not to disturb each other in the build-up to, to the game and playing each other. He, he said... Uh, he's my friend, but he's not my friend right now, and he won't be my friend until we finish the game. Um, so complete, complete focus on the battle for Saidu Khan. He's won't be taking any prisoners in Darcy, and then he can, um, then he can go at it. But it was confirmed after Andrew followed up that there's no sort of uh, Ivan Tony style side bets um, between the two of them of who pays for dinner um, based on the the winner or if anyone gets a goal in the game. So. Unfortunately, there's, there's nothing extra on the line other than just the three points between the two of them. That's fair enough. Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and anything else? Yeah, he, he spoke a little bit about the Wrexham game, obviously, as, as I mentioned, and the play and the, the reaction to it more than the game itself, I suppose, in, in terms of having having been in that situation. Um, he, he he said he felt his personal performance had been all right, but um, and, and the way he started this season has been generally fairly strong, but... Um, it does sound like it's been quite a long week for the players in terms of um, zeroing in on correcting the many, many errors that were made that led to a 5-5 draw and and getting over that, that situation that they've put, been put in by, um, by, I guess, their own incompetence in some, certain ways. So he's, it definitely feels like they're, they're battle-hardened by that. So, uh, as you mentioned, it, I can definitely see a lower-scoring game this weekend as as they make sure that they they are less um there's less party at the back and party in the front i think there'll be a bit more business <laughs> yeah here's hoping uh and one thing that emerged uh in midweek is we did receive our frank and full apology from the from the referees association which name escapes me apologies everybody but um, I always shrug my shoulders to that what difference does it make it doesn't mean that we have to go back and replay that final minute or two does it it's kind of bittersweet but these things happen and I I don't dwell on this sort of stuff yeah as everyone kind of said um, it doesn't give us three points so who cares it was um, I don't think it was explicitly said but Michael Flynn said Mike on twice so i believe that does mean he had the chat directly with mike dean who is the head of the pgmol so uh, it's it's nice that we got that that star quality down our end but oh he's been he's been very honest this week hasn't he he's been very honest indeed he's he's a uh, he's been he's been having a having a long week um <laughs> in in that way so yeah he's it's it was um it, it doesn't make a difference really but it's 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 nice there being acknowledgement because um Wrexham fans have tried to be a bit contrary on that one at times. It was a nonsense decision and we have to deal with that. Okay, let's wrap this up with predictions. So I'm going to let you lead and I'm going to just try and fester from the the, the whatever's after because you're going to get it right. So what are you going for? Yeah, the, the definitive outcome. You don't need to watch the game anymore. Um, oof, it's, it's tough. I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 Swindon, I think. As as discussed, this one will probably they'll try and be a bit tighter, but 
Uh, hopefully the the additional quality um, on the Swindon side will play in our favour. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a, a very safe and um, logical prediction. Everything about me is screaming this game should, based on last week, be nil-nil. But I, I just think there's goals in the Swindon team and there's also goals to concede. I have a sneaky feeling, though, Joe, that Scott Lindsay may get his dream. And I'm going to go 2-1 to Crawley with just so much fist pumping at the end and arm raising and nick taking and maybe you're going to have to take that I'm going to go two on Crawley and I hope you're right uh, just just to not have to see Scott Lindsay fist pump manically in front of about 20 Crawley fans that would be all right oh, it, won't be, at the end. it won't be in front of the Crawley fans I can assure <laughs> you of that I think it's going to be around the other parts of the ground a sneaky feeling if if Scott Lindsay was to get his moments because uh, I think he wants it and like at the end of the season when Crawley came I've never been more sure of three points I'm not as sure of three points this time. That's not necessarily reflective of Swindon Town either. It's just, it's a trickier game this time, I think. Yeah, this is definitely a better Crawley team. And if Scott Lindsay were to knee slide, knee slide in front of the town end, I would have full respect for him for doing that. Yeah, yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> uh, Joe, that was lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds. Come on Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.